With the example of Father Capon, we are given a model of how to be hope to a hopeless world, to be light to a dark world, to be so filled with joy that people desire to be around us. There's an urgency in the world right now. I want to enter the mission territory. In fact, the Lord has called all of us into this battle for souls. He's not given anybody a pass on that. Welcome to the Foxhole. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jason Searle, and on behalf of Capon's Men, we thank you for joining us in the Foxhole on this memorial of St. Martha. Our faith formation groups follow the example of Servant of God, Father Emil Capon, a priest from Kansas who lived the gospel in a simple daily life, all the way through his heroic actions on the battlefields and in the prisoner of war camp in Korea, where he eventually died at the hands of his captors. Father Capon was ordered to safety during the Battle of Insan. His response to accompanying his men during the battle that ensued and their subsequent capture resulted in Father Capon becoming the most highly decorated chaplain in the United States Army history. The Foxhole has been honored to host guests who are making a difference in their communities, families, and their faith circles, and we explore how they, just like Father Capon, are doing the simple things in extraordinary ways. This week, we're honored to have Father John Hotze, who wears many hats for the Diocese of Wichita. In addition to being Pastor St. Michael the Archangel, parish in Mulvane, Kansas, Father John has served as the Episcopal Delegate for the cause of beatification of Father Emil Capon. Father John was in charge of the diocesan phase of Father Capon's cause, which included conducting interviews with people who knew Father Capon, as well as collecting any information that could be tracked down from them about Father Capon's life. He has extensive knowledge of Father Capon's life and personality, and was very involved in all aspects of the preparation of the Positio, the document that Bishop Kemi presented to the Congregation for the Causes of Saints in late 2015. Father John has been a great friend and counselor of Capon's Men since 2014. He's provided us very valuable advice and direction to all of our work. Before I turn it over to Father John and to Joe, I want to remind you that you can find all our resources at capensmen.com and watch our free faith formation series at form.org. You can also share this and our previous podcast with friends on any format that you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you helping us to share the message of Father Capon. Please give us a like and a review if you're inspired to do so. Joe Ferris will lead us with the prayer. And with this, it's an honor to introduce and welcome Joe and Father John. So good morning, gentlemen, and thanks for joining us in the foxhole. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Jason, and thank you, Jason, for all the hard work you're doing. Before we pray, I just want to I want to kind of throw out two things for everybody to consider a little bit. This has been such a great honor and blessing. And as I've said a whole bunch of times on this podcast, our time is one of our most valuable things. And the fact that you've stopped in here uh, and given some time to hear the podcast or to be on the live call uh, says that, that you think Father Capon is important, his example is important, accompaniment is important, brotherhood. So thank you, and be assured of my prayers. I just want to kind of reiterate a little something Jason just said to you. You know, I take a walk every day and have pretty much every day since the pilgrimage a video that we filmed 18 months or however long ago. And this this podcast, this little 30-minute recharge, I consistently go back to. There's gold in these episodes. And so I just challenge you, if you're listening today, go back, 
Look at the episodes. Share the episodes with your children, with your neighbor, with your friend, um, because there's a lot of beautiful stuff happening on those podcasts. The second thing is Jason asked me to pray, and I will pray. And at this time in history, I think we're all searching for some comfort. And today, you know, the solemn response today is, God is my refuge on my day of distress. God is my refuge on my day of distress. It doesn't mean that we discount science or prudence, or, but, but what it does mean is that we shift now as a, as a, as a group of men and understand who our refuge is. And, and there's some distress in the world right now. So I just invite you to take a second um, and to, to offer the anxiety, to offer the fear, to offer the loneliness, um, to offer those people that you know that maybe are sick or are struggling right now. Um, and let's just bring them all to prayer. And let's place them at the feet of God who has offered to be our refuge um, at this day and this time of distress for our country and for our world. So in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. I just invite you, Lord, into this call. I invite you, Lord, into the, the homes and the cars um, of all the men on this call, God. I just pray for, for all the people that have been on this call, um, all the guests we've had, all the people who've shared their hearts, and pray, God, um, today for Father Hotsey, um, that we can just, as, a, as, a, as men, hear um, how we can grow deeper in our love for you, Lord. Through the, through the example of Father Capon. I ask all these things uh, through the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Hotsey, you are, you are a good man, and I love having you on this call, and I'm so excited today because I think people have logged on and off of the podcast and maybe haven't heard uh, what I've often heard you talk about, which is Father Capon. But before we jump into Father Capon, Jason said you were the Episcopal Delegate which sounds like the coolest title ever. So I just wondered if you can just give me like 90 seconds of how you, like, were you elected to that? Did you run a campaign? Was it, hey, let's choose our favorite guy in the diocese? Like, give, give me some heads up of how a guy becomes the Episcopal delegate uh, for in the calls of, of, of anyone, but in particular today, Father Capon. Well, I think it was probably payback time for Father Capon with me. Um, I used to pay, pray for Father Capon's intercession when I was studying canon law at Catholic University, knowing full well that Father Capon had attended Catholic University also. Um, so I would pray for him so that I might get through school. I've always done uh, well at school, but it is not my favorite thing to do, is sitting in the classroom. So I used to, to pray for his intercession so that I might have patience and so that I might be able to get through the canon law classes that I've been sent to take. So um, after I received my canon law degree, um, I just told Bishop Gerber and after that Bishop Olmsted that if they ever decided to pursue Father Capon's canonization, um, that I'd be happy to help out in, in that role, uh, knowing that they would need a, a canon lawyer for for that process. And Prior to that, I mean, I had a devotion to Father Capon through my my family. My my mother had a great devotion to Father Capon that was kind of passed on to us. But um, I, I figure I figure doing his, the work on his uh, being the Episcopal delegate for his cause for sainthood was probably Father Capon paying me back since he got me through Catholic University. So I could say it was probably payback and and <laughs> me, me me having to be obedient to the bishop. So. But it was, well, it, it, well, 
As a guy who struggled in school, I wish I'd known Father Capon could have helped there, Father Hunt. I didn't know that was one of his options. I, I could have used him. Uh, well, I, I want to. I think for you, uh, there's probably not a person, at least that we that I would know, who knows more about Father Capon. And, and for the men on this call, maybe those that don't know him super well, would you just give us a little introduction of kind of what you've learned and. Uh, some of the some of the highlights, maybe even um, as to why the church is taking a hard look at his life. Well, I, I think if there's one word to describe Father Capon, uh, it would probably have to be service. Um, throughout his life, he he looked for ways to help other people. I mean, even growing up um, in the three room schoolhouse there in Tilson, I mean, he would help his classmates. Uh, Father Capon always did well at school. I mean, he was a very intelligent. Um, actually, while he was up there, he was advanced, uh, advanced grade on two different occasions. Um, but he, he would help his, his fellow classmates out. I mean, several of the people that I interviewed talked about how he would help them out. And the, the school was staffed by three precious blood nuns. And they said the amazing part about it is that he knew when people were struggling even before the nuns did. Uh, and he would just jump in and help. And, uh, they, they said that he would do it in such a way that, that you weren't demeaned or anything, but, but they just, uh, he was just there and he would be there willing to help out. And he did that, that throughout his life there in Pilsen, uh, or a schooling career in Pilsen. He did the same thing when he was at the seminary, uh, both at Conception Seminary and Kenrick Seminary in, in St. Louis. Um, and then as a priest, I mean, he was known as one who was going to serve others. Uh, I mean, throughout his, his history as a priest and, um, uh, and then later as a military chaplain. I mean, that's what he was there to do was to serve others. And, uh, he did it constantly and he did it constantly and without, uh, really without, uh, seeming to have any regard for it. I mean, it became his habit to be a, of service to others. So. I think that would be the one word that I would use to describe him at all times. Um, and in service, that service that even led to him laying down his life, uh, having that greatest love that you could have for another man. So. No, that's, I think at the end of, of any of our lives, that would be a pretty strong thing uh, for someone to be able to say, or a family or a friend to be able to say. He also, though, was highly decorated, uh, Father Capon, um, by being awarded the Medal of Honor, which is uh, the nation's highest award for valor. Um, do, right. can, can you give us a little background as to how he earned that and why he earned it, um, and just for the, for those listening? Well, he um, was, was recognized um, with the awarding of the Medal of Honor, uh, mainly for his actions around the, the Battle of Unson, uh in 1950. Um the the United States forces, actually the United Nation forces, uh had been in Korea for some time and they had, had started at the southernmost point of the peninsula and they are working their way way north. I mean pushing the North Koreans uh back out of, of South Korea. Um and when they got to the thirty eighth parallel, which was the line of demarcation between North and South Korea. Uh, they had a decision to make, and uh, they decided that they would go further north um, uh, into North Korean territory, at least to give the South Koreans a buffer zone, so they would not have to worry about being attacked again 
Um, and as it turned out, um, at that time, they did not believe that there were any Chinese forces in North Korea. Um, the intelligence at that time said there may have been around uh, two or 3,000 Chinese troops in North Korea, but that was it. Um, uh, in actuality, it turned out that there are probably over 150,000 North Korean or Chinese troops already in North Korea. Uh, North Korea is a very wooded area, a very mountainous area, uh, and the Chinese were already there in, in the, the uh, woods and, and in the mountains hiding. Uh, so when the United Nations forces passed that 38th parallel, uh, China got involved in the war. And uh, while up until that time, the United Nations forces had had um, a pretty easy going of, of pushing nor the North Koreans back, uh, once they passed that 38th parallel, they made, met with great resistance, not only from the North Koreans, but the Chinese. Uh, and many of the, the, the groups uh, or many of the, the troops found themselves being surrounded by the Chinese, uh, and many of them died and, or were, were captured at the time. Uh, and that's exactly where Father Capon found himself. Um, the day that he was captured, he was at the 3rd Battalion headquarters, uh, and a lot of this information is just information that they've gathered within over oh, the last 10 or 15 years. Um, when they were, were debating whether or not there were Chinese soldiers already in North Korea, they had had rumors of them. And there at the, the 3rd Battalion headquarters, uh, Father Capon had arrived that, that morning, um, and he was there at the, the command post. And one of the men came in and said that he had seen a Chinese soldier. Uh, and their response was that you didn't because there's no Chinese around here. Uh, well, actually, it was the Father Capon's driver and another soldier uh, volunteered to go out to, to search to see if they saw any other Chinese soldiers. Uh, and when they did that, I mean, they were going to the north and they were driving along this road. Well, on either side of the road, there was a big trees, I mean, a wooded area. Um, uh, and unbeknownst to them, I mean, past these trees, there was a, a river, a dried out river. Uh, and they kept hearing this, this noise and it was like tank noises and military noises. And they assumed it was just United Nations forces. Well, it got so loud that they finally decided to go and see what it was. And they went, um, towards this riverbed, this dried out riverbed. Uh, and when they got there, uh, they saw hundreds of Chinese troops marching their way south. Uh, so they knew that they were in, in trouble. So they hightailed it back to the command center. Uh, well, by the time they got back to the command center, uh, it was already being overrun by, by the Chinese. Uh, they weren't even able to get back to the command center. Um, and the driver had said or told the people or told uh, told us that he was able to watch. They were kind of at a distance. And uh, he said that he witnessed Father Capon uh, at work there at the command center. And and this is where he was, I mean, doing the actions that he was really uh, awarded the, the Medal of Honor for. Uh, he would go out onto the battlefields and, and drag men back to safety. Uh, those wounded or those that have been shot and drive or pull them back off the, the battlefield. Um, there was a, 
a foxhole, uh, uh, like a crescent-shaped foxhole that, that had probably been dug uh, by the North Koreans. Uh, and Father Capon was using that. And as he would drive the or pull the wounded back off the field, he would uh, let, put them down in, in this foxhole where they would be safe. Uh, well, there was a group of them, a group of wounded at one end of the foxhole, and it was a, a crescent-shaped foxhole, and they were at one end of it. Uh, and it wasn't long before the Chinese and the North Koreans saw what he was doing, uh, and they started to throw grenades that way. Well, they had started to lob the grenades and finally made it uh, so that the grenades would be going into the foxhole. Uh, well, fortunately for Father Capon and for the other wounded men, um, they were just getting into the, the far side of the, the, the crescent-shaped foxhole. So they weren't in peril yet, but Father Capon knew that they would be soon. And one of the men that was in the foxhole was a Chinese officer, uh, and he spoke English. And Father Capon knew that they would have to do something, so he arranged with the Chinese officer uh, to stand up uh, to arrange a surrender so that they would not be killed. Um, and that's ultimately how he was he was captured was because he realized that if they did not surrender that they would all be dead. Um, so he literally saved the lives of these men that were in the foxhole uh, by arranging the, the surrender to the Chinese. Um, and after that, the the, the next day, um, the the story of, of Herb Miller and I know Herb's been on on this program and. Herb tells the story of how Father Capon literally saved his life by coming and, and picking them up. And, and Herb often talks about how he wonders, well, well why me? Why, why, did, why did God send Father Capon to me uh, to save my life? And he said that he, he thinks about that all, all the time. And, and I, I think one thing that we've learned uh, through all of this is that God didn't just send Father Capon to Herb Miller, but but he sent Father Capon to all of us. Uh, and it's through that example of Father Capon and that service, and that service led, leading to him laying down his life, uh, that we are where we at, we are where we are at today, uh, looking for Father Capon's example so that our lives might be better. So anyway, that, that's where, how we got to the, the Medal of Honor, or what, what the Medal of Honor was, um, originally, uh, intended for was to, to honor him for those, those, uh, valiant actions uh, that he took there at the Battle of Insan and the number of lives he saved by going out onto the battlefield and literally draw, uh, pulling the men back to safety, even though he was in peril. I mean, they were shooting bullets going over his head. I mean, he was, he was every time he went out, I mean, he was literally there on the open battlefield to, uh, to be shot at by anybody. So um, he, yeah. he showed his service, yeah. No, I, I, Father Hotsey, I, I know I've heard you talk about it before, but the whole time you were just talking about the foxhole, I was like, man, that's what we're doing. Like, that's what this is, is um, just thank you. Like, you painted a, a powerful, beautiful picture of even why this podcast exists, which is um, to kind of enter into the story and the distress of the crazy world that we're in sometimes. Right. I know that uh, a lot of the stories, Father Hotsey, that we've all heard, came out of the POW camp and um, kind of Father Capon's example and the, the, the work he did there. Could you share a little bit of maybe some of the stories that 
touched you and maybe you know have touched um, other people as they've learned this story. And then I think the, the other part uh, that's super close to my heart is that Father Capon had a pretty solid sense of humor. And so if it's okay, if, if you take just a second, share a little bit of both of that with, um, with our audience so we can hear a little bit more about his time in the POW camp. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that always impressed me about Father Capon in the POW camp, um, they had arranged indoctrination sessions, and the the Chinese communists were would hold these sessions. Uh, in 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 those sessions, basically, what they would do was demean Western civilization and talk about the evils of of Western civilization, and they would uh, scoff at them for believing in God, uh, this God that nobody could see, and and this God that had abandoned them, and 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 had brought them to this prisoner of war camp and how how could they worship a god that would allow that to happen to them so uh the commanding officers there in, in the prison camp uh would would use every opportunity they had to demoralize the prisoners and they would usually do that through demeaning them and demeaning their their beliefs um well they would have these doctor indoctrination sessions and the other, the other, uh, POWs, uh, if they were lucky enough to be in one of the indoctrination sessions with Father Capon, always spoke very highly of Father Capon. They said that he would, he would sit there and he would listen to what they had to say, listen to them, and he said that he would give them their time. He would give them their time and allow them to, to try to convince them that, that Western civilization was evil, that these men were wrong in being there. Uh, that, that there, they, there was no such thing as God. And they said, and then after they spoke, that Father Capon would just stand up and he would start professing his beliefs and he would start to, to use the, the philosophy, his own philosophy of, of God. And, and he would use examples of God and, and say, well, we don't see the air that we breathe and, and we know it's there, uh, because we're alive and we can breathe that air. And he said, God is the same way that, that, we believe that God is there. We know that God is there because of His His work through us, uh, His work with us, and His uh, saying that the the prisoner war camp was just something of this earth and something that was passing, and, and that they would survive the the POW camp and uh, they they would survive it to be back home with their families. And uh, the the other POW said that the commanding officer of the camp, this comrade soon would would get so angry that that he would be literally up at the front of the room jumping up and down and yelling at Father Capon to shut up or yelling at Father Capon to to keep his ideas to himself and the POW said Father Capon would just go on and they said that they they were thrilled that that Father Capon was there and was able to put their ideals and explain them in such a way that it would kind of Put the North Koreans and the Chinese communists back back in their place. Um, so Father Capon was, was, had that courage and that 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 uh, presence of mind to, to stand up and to defend them and to to be that person that uh, that showed our ideals and would carry those ideals out and and what he said and what he did. Um, some of the men talked about how Father Capon, uh, the presence of Father Capon, uh, frightened the the their captors. Uh, that they just didn't know what to do with Father Capon. Uh, and this, this goes back to the, the battlefield and, and, 
uh, at the battlefield. They said that he would literally stand up and he would take, go up to somebody with a rifle and just kind of push them out of the way so he could get to the, the men that were injured. Uh, I mean, he was fearless. And they said that he did the same thing in, in the POW camp. They said that they, the guards would stop him and tell him that he had to go back to this other area or go back to where he was, the area that he was coming from. And, and they said that he would just kind of ignore him and just go about his business. And he said that the guards couldn't do anything because they were literally afraid to do anything because of, of the man that he was, because he was there and he had such a great presence. Um, so it was, it was, uh, uh, throughout this time. I mean, that, that not only did he install the, the, the fear in the North Koreans and the Chinese communists, but he also, uh, kind of instilled, a. a a sense of awe and a sense of holiness uh, to the, the the men that were there in the camp, um, and I, I think his presence there is probably did more to to give the men hope of their survival than anything else, because Father Capon had told them that they were going to survive, that they would make it home uh, to be with their families, and they came to believe him, uh, and because of him, many of them did so. Um, many of them say that it, if it had not been for Father Capon inspiring them that they wouldn't have made it out of out of the POW camp. Um, they said that he just had a way about him. They said oftentimes they would sit and uh, they would they would make plans for what what they would have their mom or or their their wives uh, the the meal that they would have them fix when they they got home and they would talk about their favorite foods and they would talk about uh, their families back at home and and. Uh, I mean, some of them, if they had troubles, I mean, there was one man that that, uh, uh, that had a, a troubled marriage, and and when they were carrying Father Capon off to the death house, he stopped and he told the man, he said, now, when you get home, he said, you work on your, your marriage, because he said, if you don't, he said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to kick your butt. And so he, he was both concerned with the men, but he had a way of, of getting with them and instilling that hope in them uh, because he, he valued them. I mean, he valued them as friends. Uh, he valued them as human beings. He valued them as, as people that were there in the image and likeness of God. So uh, that is actually beautiful that he, uh, I, I can see him saying that as, as they're uh, heading out, his last little bit of advice. T- tell me, Father Hotsey, I know you personally have grown from your relationship with Father um, Father Capen, and the more you've learned, what, what do you think he would speak into men today? Uh, it, it's certainly this time in history that we're in, um, but what, what would he speak into us um, about bear, uh, being bearers of hope and examples of hope and just how to serve um, in this current climate that we're in? Um. Well, I, I'd kind of mentioned just a minute ago about about um, his recognizing the, the value of life, and and I I I think that would be um, Father Capon's message today, uh, or a message for us today, um, is that you you have to value life, and we talk about him being a man of hope and being able to instill hope uh, into his fellow POWs and. I've asked myself many times, well, how, how do you instill hope in somebody other than telling them, well, things are going to get better or whatever? And, and, um, 
I mean, th- that's fine. I mean, encouraging people with, with your words. Uh, but even there's even a limit to that. I mean, there's only so many times that you can get up in the morning and be starving or getting up in the morning and, and, and freezing or getting up in the morning and having to go and look to see which of your, your friends died during the night because of the cold or because of, of the dysentery or because of the different uh, problems in, in the, the POW camp. Uh, so, I mean, I've often wondered, well, how, how do you instill hope in, in somebody that is facing those situations? And I think Father Capon was able to do it because he was able to let the men know that their life had value, uh, that their life had value and that people cared about them. Uh, and that wasn't going to change, um, that, that, that even there in the prison camp, that that other other POWs needed them to live. Um, they needed those men to to kind of buckle down and to to fight back against what was going on and against the the North Koreans and the Chinese communists uh, that were there trying to demoralize them. Um, um, and they they needed to do that for the sake of others. Um, and when you do something for the sake of other people. Um, you realize that not only uh, do they need your presence, uh, and your presence may just be you speaking to them or or listening to them, um, but but you also recognize the fact that well, other people need me. I mean, other people need me so that they might have a better life, uh, and because of that, you have this hope, or you start to build this hope and think, well, well, maybe I do have that value. Maybe maybe my life is valuable. Uh, because I'm able to do this. I'm able to be of service to others. And one, once we do that, and once we get that, that, that sense that our lives have value, we can start to look at other people and see that their lives have value also. I mean, with Father Capon, even, even those, the commanders or whatever, the, the, uh, comrades that were in, in charge of the POW camp, I mean, he never expressed hatred or, or, uh, or of a desire to harm the, these people that were bringing harm on them, uh, or bringing that harm and that that threat of death to them. Uh, I mean, he he valued them. I mean, he he wanted to change their ways. He wanted them to recognize the the value of their own life and the value of lives of others. So they needed to change. So that he was trying to bring the message of God to them. Uh, showing them that they had that value, that they were born in the image and likeness of God, so then that they could go forward and, and share that that same uh, value of life with other people. Uh, and I think that's how he instilled hope in other people, was let people know that they're needed. Uh, and I think that's what's missing in the world today. I mean, the missing when we look at what's going on in the world and and the things going on is is we've lost that value of life. It, it isn't necessary that we have, or people believe that it is necessary that we have other people or that we need to help out other people. What people look as, as being being necessary is that we get taken care of ourselves. We're not looking for service. We're looking for others to serve us. And I, I think that's what we miss out in the world today, and I think that's what we as Capon's men need to kind of correct or rectify is the fact that we see the value of life. We see the value of life in our family and friends. We see the value of life, even in our enemies. Uh, and what we need to do is to teach them that that value of life, because it is God's life within us.
Man, that's that's that is strong. That's good stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pray about that all day to think on how I can uh, put that. Thank you, Father. Hot the challenge that you, this is not uh, in missions. We would always say when we don't say goodbye to people, we say we'll see you soon. And in your case, for sure, um, this is not a, a goodbye because we know you're going to come back around and, and update us on where the cause is and how it's going to go um, and and kind of where we stand. But for today. Uh, what I wanted to do was ask you, if you wouldn't mind, Father Hotsey, praying us out, then Scott will come in um, and kind of announce where we're going from here. But I just want to thank you and just let you know that um, I consider you a, 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 a great man uh, in sharing the message of Father Capen. And even personally, I can see the joy that you bring to what you do. So thank you for your example and for your inspiration. And I just ask you to, to pray us out. Um, we'll hand it off to Scott, and this is not a goodbye. This is we'll see you soon um, for another update on where Father Capen is. That would be great. Okay. All right. Father in heaven, we ask you to install in us the spirit of Father Capen. Uh, instill in us the spirit of Martha. Father Capen and Martha both being servants. Um, Father Capen and Martha both w- willing to lay down their lives uh, for others. Um, Father Capen being the one to inspire us to bring hope to others by recognizing the value of your life uh, in others. Uh, so we ask you to, to be with us today and to help us to understand that we are of value, uh, but also that everybody that, that we meet is of value also, that they too can bear witness to you and they too can bring us a message of you, uh, your son, Jesus Christ, in our lives. Uh, so we thank you for that gift, and we ask that we might continue to give glory to you uh, through that that recognition of the value of life, uh, and and ask that we too might be messengers of that hope, uh, just as Father Capen was a messenger of hope. Uh, Father Capen always recognized the the first disciple. Uh, so how about if we join together and pray? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. May God, may God the Father bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Uh, it is always a pleasure to listen to you uh, tell Father Capen's story. Uh, there's always something I learned, something that, that strikes me, and it's just uh, fun to listen to you. So thanks for joining us uh, here in the Foxhole. Glad to do it. Um, yeah. If you guys are interested in learning more about Father Capen, uh, there's a, a few things that you can do. There is um, the video that Capen's been created uh, that features Father John Hotsey, again, as well as two of the POWs, Herb Miller and Mike Dow, who were uh, – Herb was saved by Father Capen, and Mike Dow uh, lived very closely in the prison camp with – with him and uh again you can just it fills out the story so much and uh just to hear from them firsthand their stories what life was like it's it's incredible it's really powerful so if you haven't watched it if you haven't seen that in a while uh go to uh, you can find it on formed.org as jason always mentions or on our capens men website uh also the father capen guild uh, helps promote Father Capen's cause, and there's uh, some details there as well about his life, about the canonization process, 
and uh, just some other documents that you can find. Uh, a few of the letters that he wrote from the battlefield uh, are on the website if you dig down towards the bottom. Uh, and also, shameless plug, there's some great Father Capen items, uh, medals, uh, rosaries, all sorts of stuff that you can use to help your devotion to help his cause, uh, to share his story with others. So uh, give that a look. That's fathercapen.org. And I think uh, I was thinking about this, that the challenge this week, obviously, there's there's so much uh, with with sharing hope and, and human dignity, but Father Capen's story is one that engenders hope and that dignity. So I think the challenge this week is to just share this story with, with two people, whether you share the podcast, whether you tell them about Father Capen in person, whether you say that you're praying for them through his intercession, uh, whatever it may be, to share his story, to invite other people into his story. Uh, that's how the cause spreads, and that's how um, we can hopefully yeah, build each other up uh, as men, just as, as the prisoners did in the prison camp. So I think that's the challenge this week. Um, the next couple of weeks, we have Joseph Miller, who is uh, the Family Missions Company, who will be joining us to share about their missionary work and how families can be involved as missionaries. And the following week, we have Father Stephen Rindel, who is with Warriors on the Way. He uh, founded this organization to help veterans who are struggling with PTSD and re- recovery. Uh, they do the Camino. They walk the, the pilgrimage of, to uh, St. Uh, James in Compostela in Spain as part of the healing process. And so it'll be a really, uh, really great, uh, experience to, to listen to, to hear again how pilgrimage, that walking can really help us heal and connect us with our Lord. So, uh, thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the podcast and we hope you have a blessed day and we pray that Father Capon watches over all of you and all of your families and loved ones. Thanks and God bless. Thanks for joining us in the foxhole. As we go, we're blessed to leave you with these words from Father Capon himself. We can surely expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of Thee, to give us the courage to be ever faithful to Thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.